on the surface, the uh, this mitzvah Hashem commands you is not distant from you. It's referring to all mitzvahs. But the Ramban says specifically, it's referring to the mitzvah of tshuva. Mitzvah of tshuva is not dis- distant from you. Let's see now the. Why is he using the word mitzvah of mitzvahs? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But 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 the and uh, Tanya clearly Altaver says it's it's referring to the simple translation of the pasuk, which is all all, all of Yiddishkeit. The Torah, because Meshach introduces the Torah and commands you, it's not in the sky, it's not across the ocean. So he continues and says, So he's talking, he's, he's talking about all of Yiddishkeit. Oh, the Rebbe asked a question. Rebbe asked your question. Let's see. Oh, let's go. Let's go inside. This mitzvah that I command you today is not distant, is not wondrously far from you. And it's not far away from you. And Meshavinu concludes and says, rather, that it is very close to you in your mouth and in your heart to perform it. The Altarba asks, why does it say this individual mitzvah? Why doesn't it, it, it? It sounds like it's referring to one mitzvah and not referring to the whole Torah. When on the surface, the simple meaning of the Pasuk, it is referring to the whole Torah. Oh, wow. What a, could you say you're not coming today? I know. So uh, it should have said. It should have said, all the mitzvahs Hashem commands you aren't distant from you. Why does it say this mitzvah? That's what leads probably the Nachmanides to say it refers to one mitzvah, the mitzvah of Shuvah. But either way, the question is, according to the other explanation, the one that we're learning, that it refers to all mitzvahs, why does it say this mitzvah that Hashem commands? And why does it there emphasize and say, the mitzvah that I, Anoichi, command you? What's, why is it there emphasizing regarding this mitzvah, whatever this mitzvah means? This is a mitzvah that comes from Anoichi, that comes from Hashem Himself. It's a, as opposed to a usual expression on Torah, mitzvahs of Ayyudkevavke, mitzvahs of Hashem, mitzvahs of I, of Ani. Here the Torah uses the word Anoichi, which is the same word the Torah uses when Hashem gave, gives us a Torah. Umamshech, so the Alt Reb explains, when God first began the Ten Commandments, he started with the same words, and Zev comes in on cue, Anoichi, Anoichi v'aylekecha, I, Hashem, am your God, l'chur, and move on, Eich shayach l'vizborach l'emashu b'olah ha'git shanichi v'aylekecha, d'lesh l'shachi im ba'adam shubal guf v'tzirot when you do it, ashe yem l'avchi v'zeh, ashe eichin v'izborach l'asna shavtis v'klal, chul v'frach m'tzan eichi, l'le yisramiz b'shom eish v'kets chulu, m'kei ma'am v'shachim v'tzim ba'emra shanichi v'aylekecha, v'im pasach shanichi the whole introduction that Hashem gives to the Ten Commandments with the same word, Onoichi, seems to be uh, peculiar. When a human being says, I am who I am, I, hi, my name is uh, Dr. Bressman, so you know who he is. He, you see him, you see what he looks like, and he says, this is my name. But the Abishter, he is saying the same thing. He says, I, I know who I am, I am Hashem Alekech. It's, it, it, when a person introduces themselves, they're talking about their physical presence. Say, you know who I am? You see me? I am th- this, I am not just their physical presence, but their 
their whole being, they're, they're referring to what you see. But Hashem, who no thought can grasp Hashem. No, not only can no thought grasp Hashem in general, but this Pasuk is referring to God's essence. It's talking about the essence of Hashem and saying the essence of Hashem is called, Hashem introduces himself as, you know who Anoichi, you know who I am, I am Hashem Lokecha. It, it, it sounds like that you're able to identify Hashem in the following way. There is Anoichi, there is God himself. And you want to know who God himself is, he's defining himself by the words Hashem Lokecha. We don't know who Anoichi is. Anoichi refers to God's essence. So, especially the way the Zayar says that the words Anoichi are some things which, the reason that, that word is a, a reference to God's essence that cannot be conveyed with any letter, with any part of a letter. So, we don't know who Anoichi is. We don't know who Hashem says, I, we don't know who is referring. We don't, we, don't, we don't understand Hashem, have no thought and grasp Hashem. So, how can Hashem introduce himself and say, oh, you know who I am? I am, I, who you know who I am, I am, this is my name, my name is Avayel It sounds like we know who Anoichi is. We don't know who Anoichi is. No thought can grasp Hashem. It sounds like that the Pasuk is trying to tell us the Torah Mitzvah is not distant, it's not wondrously far. It sounds like that if the Torah wouldn't have told us this, we would have thought that the Torah was far, the Torah was a wonder and something we could not possibly reach. And therefore, the Torah has to tell us something novel and tell us, no, the Torah isn't distant, the Torah isn't far. Every Pasuk, the Gemara says, Why do we need a Pasuk if it's logical? So it sounds like that our logic would have led us to say the Torah is very distant, very far. And the Pasuk tells me it's not. You say to Mizu, Shakasim Adaik, Lena Flaysim Mucha, Hashanak Mucha. You see, our logic says always, you know, this is for the Tzadikim, this is for the Rebbe to do. So, even with this, we still say it. Emes, that's what we say, but let's see how the Rebbe explains the question. Let's see at the end of the Kasha. Vaezes, Seir Mizu, Shakasim Adaik, Lena Flaysim Mucha, Shakanak Mucha, Lena Flaysim. Even the Pusik's. Negating how the Torah isn't distant, the Torah qualifies and says it's not distant from you. It's not wondrously far from you. That means, but it is distant. It is wondrous. Just from you, it's not distant. It's not understood. If God gave us a Torah, so obviously it's not distant from us. Obviously it's not impossible for us. Why did God give it to us if, if it was something we couldn't handle? It's illogical to say that the Torah is distant and far from us. So why would we think that had Hashem not told it to us specifically? If Hashem gave us a Torah, it's obviously, like the Gemara says, God doesn't play tricks with his creatures. So why does the Torah have to tell me that it's not wondrous and it's not distant if it was, God wouldn't have given it to us. And although the Gemara, the Torah says about itself that it's considered God's delight and it's something which is which is uh, beyond just something that's given to human beings, it's something which is called God's pleasure, but Hashem gave it to us. So if Hashem gave it to us, so then obviously it's not impossible. 
If it was impossible, it wouldn't have given it to us. Also, need to understand the conclusion of Meshach Benu's sentences. It's not distant. It's not far. Rather, it's close to you. Very much to keep this. Rashi explains what is the Torah emphasizing by saying it's close to you. It's written, and there's an oral tradition about what it means. What is the relevance of the Torah being written down, or the Torah being orally transmitted, to this idea of the Torah not being, not being far from you? That's the Rebbe's question. I, I was thinking, Stam, that the, maybe the simple meaning is that, that if we had to interpret the Torah and not know what the Torah meant, so then the Torah will be very distant from us. Like some people feel like uh, uh, there's not enough guidance in in the, in the Torah to how to apply it to our lives, and they don't and they, they and they speak disparagingly about various rabbis, and they say, oh, you know, if there's a, there's a problem over here. God gave us this this Torah, and we don't know how to interpret it. So Meisha tells them, no, it's 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 written down, and there's a tradition of how to interpret it, and and Hashem gave us the tools to to to, to interpret it. That's that's what I would have understood. Uh, on the surface, but um, apparently that answer isn't a good answer. The, 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 the Rebbe is asking that that's not sufficient. Rashi's saying that the Torah is written down, Torah is oral, doesn't satisfy the Torah's emphasis that it's close to you. What, 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 the Torah seems to be saying something more than just that it's written down and there's oral tradition. The saying it's very close to you. Perhaps what the Rebbe is pointing to is what what, what the 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 uh, relevance of Torah to our lives, like. Just because it's written down and just because it's already transmitted, Meisha is saying a lot more. Meisha is saying is that the Torah is something to tell you every single moment of your life. It tells you in days of slichas you have to get up earlier, right? And you don't necessarily want to get up earlier. Meisha says to you, it's close to you in your mouth and in your heart that you will love whatever it says in the Torah all the time. The Torah has a message from you from the moment you're born till 120 years and before that you're born and after you pass away, Chazashol. And yet, Meishman says it's close to you. Everything the Torah says is relevant to you. You're interested in it. You love it. It's close to your heart. So how could that be when there's some things in the Torah that we like, some things in the we don't like? That's what the Altar asks in Tanya. So perhaps that's what the, what the Rebbe's question here. Moshe Rashi says that uh, why is it close to you? Just because it's written down? Just because it's really transmitted? It doesn't make it close to you. It doesn't make, doesn't make it relevant. It doesn't make it interesting. It doesn't make it attractive. So th- these are our questions. Question again, number one is... How come Hashem is introducing Himself with I am Hashem Elokecha in the Seres HaDibris and Ten Commandments as if we know who the I is and He has to, and He says, you know who I am? I'm going to tell you my name. We don't know who I is. When a human being introduces Himself, He says, I am, and He tells you His name. So uh, we also need to understand why the Pasuk says that the Torah isn't distant. Of course it's not distant. Otherwise, why would Hashem give it to us? So, so what's the Torah emphasizing by saying it's not distant? And a sub-question to this is, it sounds like it is distant. It just says it's not distant from you. It's not wondrously far from you. It sounds like it naturally is wondrous and is distant. And question, uh, last question is, Rashi says, how come the Torah is not distant? Because it's written down, because it's orally transmitted. How does that explain why it's so close to us? Also the question why it's in singular language, no? Yes, very good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, very good. Why is it, if, if, if Moshe Ben is referring to the whole, the whole entire Torah, why does it say only this mitzvah 
is not distant from you. It's referring to all the mitzvahs. Why does it say mitzvah in the singular? Where's the second thing It's going to be in the lobby. Downstairs? In the lobby, right, right when you come in the show, in the lobby. You can hop around a few mitzvahs before we start. Oh, it's already 6.45. Uh, we're here. What? We're here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Closing the mitzvah. There's explanations like this. The Torah is naturally wondrous. The Torah is naturally something, intrinsically, is something which is wondrous. And it's not just distant, not just far, it's wondrously far. Meaning, it's something which is in a whole different realm. The, the Torah is, in this verse, is addressing what Torah is in a step-by-step fashion. The, 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 the order of this verse is similar to the order in the next verse. The Torah says it's not in the Torah is not in the heaven and it's not across the ocean. That verse also is going in a certain order. First, the Torah says it's not in the heaven. Then it says it's not across the ocean. What's easier, to get to heaven or to get to o- across the ocean? Getting across the ocean is a lot easier than getting to heaven. Walking to the sky is impossible. So first the Torah says it's not impossible. And then it says it's not across the ocean. So the Torah is going in the order of not only A, but also B. Not only is the Torah not in heaven, it's also not across the ocean. Like the Gemara says that if someone makes a condition on a promise or on a marriage, and he says, this will be valid on the condition that I walk to the sky. So that's not considered a condition because it's impossible. However, when the Torah says about itself that the Torah isn't across the ocean, it's possible to walk across, to travel across the ocean. But it's just very difficult. So just like in the other verse, the Torah talks about the ocean and the sky. It first is addressing something which is more obvious, um, and then it addresses something which is less obvious. So too in this verse, is the Torah going in an order of above to below. It's first addressing the Torah is not wondrously far from you, not impossible from, from to you. First, the Torah says about itself in this verse, don't say the Torah is wondrously far from you. Rashi translates what's the word niflesi. Niflesi means it's completely concealed from you. Don't think Torah is completely concealed from you. That's the first thing the Torah says about itself. Don't think that it's impossible. Uh, then the Torah adds and says, maybe you should tell them to catch the Jews. You may want to go downstairs and be the organizer. Otherwise there will be uh, 10 lost people. What do we, what do we start as soon as we get the Jews. As soon as you, yeah. C- catch the Jews as they're coming in we'll, and we'll, we'll join you. So, L'chaim, L'chaim, L'chaim. First, the Torah says it's not wondrously far from you. And Rashi says that means it's not completely hidden from you. Completely hidden means that it's, it's, it's in a different realm. 
It's completely hidden. So there's this, it's not in a different realm. So just like in the other verse, first the says it's not impossible, it's not in the sky, and then it says it's not hard, it's not across the ocean. Also in this verse, the first Torah says it's not wondrously far from you, and then the Torah adds and says it's not just distant, it's not distant from you. It first addresses something which is, which is more obvious, it's not impossible, and then it says it's not far. I don't know, I can bring him closer to you. I mean, first it's just, you know, it's not in the heavens. No, it's not even... Across the ocean. I blame me, boy. You know, it's... It lays you off. It brings it closer to you. Right. Not only is it not in the heavens, it's not even across the ocean. And so to this verse, not only is it not wondrously far from you, it's not even distant. Distant means that it's in the in in the in the in the in the in the realm of revelation, or is it beyond something which which the realm of revelation? So the word niflais means it's wondrously far from you. It's it's, it's in a different realm. It's not, distant means that it's in the realm of revelation, but it's higher than what you can handle. It's, but it's still in your realm. So the Torah says both. It's not in a different realm, and it's not distant. Because of the statement that that's. What the Torah really is saying is, the Torah naturally is distant, and the Torah naturally is hidden. But Hashem gave you the Torah. It's not distant from you. It's not wondrously far from you. There is an element of Torah which is beyond revelation. There is an element of Torah which is, which is in the realm of revelation just higher than, than what a human being can handle. And the, Hashem says, despite the fact that that's what Torah is naturally, I have given Torah to you. You, you, my child, you, Jewish person, I have written the Torah down, and I have given the Torah orally, and therefore it's possible for you to be able to appreciate it. So that's... Maybe the other meaning would be that since the Rebbeinu is not understood, it's impossible to understand the Rebbeinu. It's, it's not even. So maybe we think the Torah is also not possible to understand. It is Torah, therefore we can't understand it. So maybe that's the necessity of that statement. They were saying something else. They were saying, even though you got the Torah, you should know the Torah is a different realm from you. The Torah is something, something which is infinite. The Torah is something which is beyond. It is wondrous. It is distant. And, but from you it's not wondrous, from you it's not distant. Even though the Torah is take impossibly higher than re- revelation. So is this something that Hashem made in the person? Or it's Hashem, the ah. Torah is the Torah. And Hashem made the person capable of... Is that, is that what it's that, saying? That, that explain how, how, how this works. That's probably further. But, but, but the, the yeah. fact is that although the Torah is infinite, and you're not, the Torah is naturally wondrous, and you're not, the Torah is naturally distant, it's like, but it's naturally, it's far from you. Right. Hashem says, from you it's not. From you it's not. The Torah naturally is wondrous and is distant. It's beyond revelation. And it's a higher kind of revelation, another element of Torah. But from you it's not. So you've met the Mayudua, which are close, here's the Ashlos, and a close, and you're going to understand the first prefacing a concept of the entire spiritual cosmos. All of the, all of the different um, elements that I just want to see how, how he's doing all this. <laughs> you know, the, the Old Testament is the most popular book in 
public key as well. Not yet. By far. Not yet. Yeah, the rest of the world. This is the boat. You know. Right. We don't have that natural inclination to. Unfortunately, it's also the most, the most mis quoted, misquoted, mistranslated, misexplained book in the world. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Torah is actually made of it. So we see it says Shivan Parma There's seventy ways of explaining it, even within Judaism. Mm -hmm. So there is, you know, but it's also yeah. totally mis. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the opportunity is there to do that. Right. Because Hashem could have said, you know, this is a table. This is it. This yeah. is it, but it doesn't yeah. say that. Yeah. Okay. So, the points out the theory is actually the most printed, published, known book in the world. Uh -huh. But also misquoted, mis most misinterpreted, misinterpreted book, in book in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the opportunity is within it. So, just, just to conclude with, with the first point of the next section of Mimer. Debra says that all matters of the entire spiritual cosmos, everything that was was produced through Hashem's symptom, through Hashem hiding himself, everything is considered, is called by the title of man. Just like a human being has many limbs and many different faculties, so too all of the, the uh, everything that exists in the spiritual cosmos has a parallel to a man in the sense that it has a form and a definition. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay,